What's up, Kyle V? Week four is in the books. Welcome back to the water cooler. Where we cover everything you need to know to not sound like an asshole at work. It's Monday night. We just got finished watching the Seahawks basically just kick the shit out of the Giants at MetLife Stadium in New York. What are your thoughts? I think Daniel Jones is going to be looking over his shoulder the whole rest of the night. Uh, leaving the locker room, getting to his car, leaving, like walking into his house tonight, he's going to be worried that a Seahawks D lineman is going to be behind him all night because that dude got sacked like nine times. Um, And, you know, check cleared though, so good for him. <laughs> poor, poor Giants, like they're not looking good. I just saw something where he's like 30th and – this stat, 29th in this stat, 28th in this one, 30th in this one. Third in, in quarterback pay, though, baby. That's all that matters. Check just clear, baby. There's not really much to talk about in this game. Uh, really Evan Witherspoon balled out. That was cool. Early yeah, rookie that, of the year candidate. Oh, yeah. That rookie is legit out of Illinois, out there mm-hmm. balling. Um, Seahawks defense looked good. Giants offensive line was in shambles um you know no saquon but man they just don't look very good um not entirely convinced that the seahawks are very good um just we talked about this before last it it was like last year it was like ah they're gonna fall off they're gonna fall off and then they just didn't until they got to the playoffs but they even played the niners tough yeah semi-tough yeah, it feels like another like nine and eight, maybe get to ten and seven type season and probably lose first round. But mm-hmm. I mean, they got young talent on defense, so things could be looking up for them for sure. Yeah, I think you take that all the way. And then the Giants, I mean, was that a playoff team last year? How the hell did they win so many games last year? It was. And I th- like Brian Dable, I think is a good coach, but man, he was, I don't know if you saw the little clip of him, but he, he basically was like pointing something out at the ta- on the tablet to Daniel Jones today, and then just threw the tablet towards him. Like he, he like flipped it onto the assistant. I felt bad. Yeah. That guy was just like in the wrong place. But. Yeah, he's he's over it. Uh, missing Josh Allen for sure. I don't know. And they play the they play the Bills and the Dolphins next. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure which one is first. I can't remember. It's but Dolphins then Bills. Yeah, Dolphins then Bills. That's just gonna they're gonna be one and five and just looking for answers it's not great yeah so next week they'll get the shit kicked out of them by the dolphins and then on top of that it's like oh now let's go play the team that just kicked the shit out of the team that kicked the shit out of us <laughs> yeah tough look all right yeah. let's not spend too much time on that let's head across the pond in it we About got the falcons against the jaguars in london another snoozer jags won 23 7 uh, I think the highlight of this game, did you catch this on Disney Plus? The Toy Our, Story? Yeah, on, uh, they did on ESPN Plus, I think. But yeah, the Toy Story action was legit. It was like, they, they had that shit dialed in, animated. I saw this tweet and it like kind of summed up the NFL pretty well. It's like, we're able to have this technology and yet we're still measuring first downs with two chain, like two mm-hmm. sticks in a chain. Um, and that's kind of is fair. It was, it was ridiculously cool to see. Um, for those that missed it, it was basically live animation 
Um, the game was live from Andy's room uh, from Toy Story. Super cool idea. Good way to get kids involved. The broadcast basically was talking about just very basics of the rules and things like that, uh, which was really cool. Before we get into the actual game part of it, it was cool. My kids thought it was cool. Uh, <laughs> I saw the funniest thing. It was like, <laughs> imagine uh, the Damar Hamlin situation in this Toy Story <laughs> game. <laughs> how the fuck would they navigate that that would be the most awkward thing they would have had to definitely cut away there for sure it would have been real awkward real quick it's also a good thing there's no fights that would have been kind of fun to uh see as well but hard to explain to the kids but yeah as far as the actual game um it was definitely a snoozer is one of those like we said you wake up at about halftime and it's just a weird game jags were up 17 nothing at half if you took our advice on the pod and bet that first half under it would have hit just saying maybe take our advice and mm-hmm. after that it was just complete snooze fest you know 23 7 just ritter is not good the quarterback no. for the Falcons. they need to go to taylor heineke get other guys get guys involved um Johnu Smith had a game for the Falcons. He was their leading receiver. He has almost as many yards now as Pitts had this whole season in that last game. It's crazy. It's just it makes no sense over there what they're doing. They have so much talent and just don't do much with it. Two top ten picks in Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And you got Johnu Smith <laughs> leading the team in, in reception yards. In a game that? that you lost by by multiple scores i mean it, it's gross like i said desmond ritter was bad we need to see heineke because at least he'll throw the ball down the field he'll take a chance but i think the one bright star really on both sides of the field because it was just kind of sloppy but john robinson is legit oh, he's so good i guess he's, fun to watch yeah his his jukes especially on the toy story telecast were <laughs> when he got uh, going and he got the flames behind him <laughs> the uh Arthur Smith, the Falcons coach, did say that he won't even consider benching Ritter, which is just insanity. That's just negligence. So the story of the weekend so far is just absolute snoozers. The Ravens went to Cleveland, went 28 to 3 with a little bit of an asterisk. The strong Watson was out. So the rookie Dorian Thompson Robinson was starting at quarterback for the Browns. And it was just uh, shit pumping from the get-go. Browns never stood a chance. Yeah, uh, Thompson Robinson is a great athlete. Hopefully he can stick around as a backup type guy. But um, he was definitely thrown into a tough spot here. The Watson news kind of came out of nowhere. He was, it was like, seemed like he was definitely going to play all week kind of in the buildup, at least based on what I was seeing. And then all of a sudden he was out. And um you know, the Ravens left no doubt, though, which was good to see from them because they they are a good team with both teams at full strength. This game is definitely a different um, score line. It's definitely closer. But, you know, the Ravens really uh, showed up and showed out um, over there in Cleveland. Yeah. And on Deshaun Watson, supposedly he was cleared by the team doctors and he made the decision that he couldn't go. So a little bit interesting, but if you can't go, you can't go. I'm not going to fault a guy for that, even if he is a pervert. 
Yeah, he probably was trying to get a referral to a masseuse, and they wouldn't get <laughs> yeah, more. I need someone to rub my shoulder out. Just my shoulder, I swear. <laughs> Just my shoulder, I swear. <laughs> All right, nothing really else going on with that one. Next up, we got Bengals went to Tennessee and laid an absolute fucking egg, getting blown out 27-3. to Now, you yeah. mentioned earlier, listen to us, win some money. I got to admit, <laughs> we led you wrong here. I think we said take the Bengals. Minus two and a half. That didn't mean that they were going to score less than three points, like two and a half points. We thought they were going to win the fucking game, and they just got embarrassed. Yeah, that was that was something. This was a game that like ruins ruins the weekend type of game. It was in. I still got the sad parlays written up on on my chalkboard in my in my house here. Um, we had the Bengals in two of them. I was so confident in them. Mm-hmm. It felt like an easy spot for them to bounce back. But the fact of the matter is like Burrow's hurt and they should really consider shutting him down. They have an early buy. They have um, two games and then they have a buy. I think if they shut him down for that three week stretch, maybe he can come back at full strength. Even if they go one and one in those two games, um, get to two and four and he can come back and, and be better. But right now he's unhealthy. Um, not looking good. He can't he can't do too much. Um, you know, Mixon looked solid again, but still they only gave him 14 carries. Um I don't know. And Higgins got hurt. Uh yeah. But yeah, the, on on the other side, you know, the Bengals defense had been playing pretty well and Tannehill looked serviceable again. Um Derrick Henry looked like the man again. It looked like, you know. He 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 had that great touchdown run throwing guys off of him. I do have to issue a formal apology to our friend Shane Endemano, one of our listeners. He uh he reached out to me saying that he had listened um he had listened to the podcast and you know wanted to give us a big fuck you on behalf of the Titans. <laughs> so well, um, they delivered that big fuck you in a fucking huge way. They did. It cost us money too, and you know, sorry, Shane. That on on behalf of uh, the water cooler over here, we we apologize. Hundred percent. But they have been garbage, and it's easy for Tannehill to look serviceable, as you said, when King Henry is running like that, and he hadn't been. So that was nice to see. If you're anyone that follows the sport, you do fantasy football, you know this guy is a fucking beast. So fun to watch him run when he's just running people over, and biggest guy on the field and he was just outrunning everybody so it was nice to see him back but just shocking to see the Bengals so bad and i get what you're saying sit him for three weeks sit burrow for three weeks that would be nice and even if you are even one and five i mean nine wins can get you in the playoffs since they expanded it they got to do something they can't just keep running this same sorry ass offense out there yeah exactly something has to change and you know Give him a backup a shot for a game or, or two and just see see where it goes and then let Burrow rest up because it does seem like it's an injury that could mm-hmm. potentially get worse too. Like that calf strain stuff is what leads to the Achilles type stuff and mm-hmm. that's, that's not good. So did you see Jamar's interview after? Yeah, uh, I'm always open. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'm open. I'm always fucking open. <laughs> yeah. And then immediately apologized for cussing, which was, you know, good. He's a nice guy. Yeah. I love yeah. that. But, but yeah, you know, they got to pay that man. I think he's a little salty that he's still on his rookie deal and just frustrated by their results right now. And things they need to, they need to uh, shake it up a little bit there. 
Yeah, he will get paid, but it will be very interesting to see what happens if they don't turn things around. Because then you start to look at a scenario where T. Higgins gets shipped out. Uh, they start to make some moves to start setting up for the future when we thought that they were in like a win right now mode, yeah. Super Bowl window. So we'll keep an eye on that. All right, moving on. We got one of the funnest games of the day between two formerly 0-3 teams. The Broncos went to Chicago, hung 31 on the Bears, came from behind to win 31-28, to put up 17 in the fourth quarter. Just two sad teams here, though. This was... This game delivered, you know, back to us making you money. We said if you have to bet this, just bet the over and hope for chaos. And this game delivered on that. Uh, Justin Fields, probably his best passing game of his career. He had the the big fumble that led to a uh, scoop and score for the Broncos. But hard to blame him on that. It was like a rollout playoff, a play action. He just gets hit the second he turns around. Um, but yeah, you know, the Bears offense played really well for three quarters and then they couldn't couldn't score at the end. And it's just their coach is terrible. He's got to go Matt, Matt Eberflus. And I think, you know, the bears are in a weird spot where it seems like Justin Fields might not be the guy, but is it just because of how bad the coaching and everything around him is? Um, And if they reset, it's gotta be a complete reset. They need new coaching. They're gonna. They're in a spot to their own four. They also owe the Panthers uh, own the Panthers pick this year, which they're also own for. So as of right now, the Bears own the first and second picks in the yeah. draft. So at least they're in a spot for the future, but that's a future that might not involve Justin Fields or Matt Eberflus, their coach. Um, and then on the other side, you know, well, hold on. before fine. you get to that. Before you get to that, that's what's tough is you're in a position where you don't want to get rid of fields because it's like, you know, you break up with your high school girlfriend and then she goes to college and she gets super hot, right? You don't want to see him go somewhere and just do what you know Justin Fields can do and has done in the league. But then you're also at a spot where you're not winning. They haven't won a game in like, <laughs> feels like two years. It's, it's literally been like, they're like on a 13 game losing streak or something crazy. It might be it might it might be fourteen now. This might have been the fourteenth, but yeah, they haven't won a game since October of last year. Yeah, and we're in October now. Yep. And then you're in a position, like you said, where if you get those first two picks, especially in this draft with Caleb Williams probably coming out, you have to take him and you have to put in a great offensive mind that can use him to, you know, max out his potential tough spot would not want to be a bears fan or coach right now yeah exactly and like you said with the offensive coach if you're if you're getting a young quarterback you have to just get an offensive coach to pair mm-hmm. with them and go because like we talked about with herbert in in the chargers you know he he plays so well he's going to get his offensive coordinators jobs um and he's always going to be changing offensive playbook, things like that, because new new guys are coming in. If he has an offensive-minded coach, that's a lot more steady. The defensive-minded coaches can come in in a situation where things are already kind of developed, you know, and they can kind of come in from there. But if you're if you're joining with a rookie quarterback, you gotta get an offensive-minded guy in there. Yeah. And then with the Broncos, I mean, 
best game of the year. They they won, but it's like who gives a shit? You know, they're so bad. It it's a mess over there. I don't I don't know what what's gonna play out there. I was kind of thinking that Russ might look somewhat like he used to with Sean Payton coming back, and that's just not the case. They're they're it's a mess over there too. Yeah, and it sucks because when he starts to look decent, and he had some plays, he had some moments. Their defense is just falling apart. Last year they were phenomenal, and it was like they're a quarterback away. You know, they just need the offense to do a little bit more. And now it's just complete shambles all the way across the board. Yeah, it's so awkward that they have Vance Joseph as their defensive coordinator, who was their former head coach. That that's just that's just weird, weird vibes all around over there. Super weird. All right, next up we got the Rams going to Indy. This one went to overtime. Rams win 29 to 23 off a of Puka Nakua overtime touchdown. Great work on the pronunciation there, too, by the way. You nailed that. You nailed that. Puka but, Nakua. <laughs> but the uh that was as good of a loss as the Colts could have ever hoped for. They're down 23-nothing. And Anthony Richardson, their quarterback, just rookie quarterback, just let him back. Really cool to see because you know, he was one of the one of the guys coming out where you think maybe he's more of just an athlete type guy. Like how good how good is he really going to be in the NFL? Um, and he's really showing like he he made some throws that were just really good, and he can run the ball too. Like good things over there for the Colts. On he's the got other a side, rocket for an arm, man. He was making oh. some throws that were unbelievable on the move, stepping up in the pocket, getting hit, and he was just putting it on these guys. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see. He's yeah, like you said, cannon of an arm and just like ridiculous arm talent, stud, stud. So the Colts got to feel really good, or as good as you can after a loss, and and the Rams too. You know, the Rams are solid team. They got out to a twenty three nothing lead. They let them back in it, but they're sitting at two and two in a year where you know there you were thinking that maybe maybe. This is going to be a down year for them, uh, but they got Cooper Cup coming back soon. Stafford's looking good. They're they're a solid team. Kyron Williams, man, is a freak out there too at running back. Mm-hmm. They it's kind of interesting because they're both two and two, both these teams, but they're probably both sitting there feeling like they're almost in a best case scenario. The Rams, no one expected to be this good to get to be two and two with Puka Nakua proving that he belongs in the NFL and can be an elite receiver in the NFL. And then you're getting maybe the best receiver in the league, not, probably not top five guy though, in Cooper cup coming back and you have a chance to maybe go on a playoff run with some of your old guys that are getting towards the end of a career. And then the Colts to be at two and two right now with Anthony Richardson as your starting quarterback and to be validated in that high draft pick. And him showing that he can that he belongs in the NFL and that he can be an actual starter, they gotta be feeling great right now. Yeah, no doubt. And the Colts being in the AFC South, which is a wide open division, it's yeah, it's it's really good for them. Um, and yeah, both teams gotta be feeling pretty good about where they are. Moving on, we got what a lot of people thought was gonna be the game of the day. Uh, the Miami Dolphins going to New York against the Buffalo Bills, but they got stomped 48 to 20. This first quarter started like back and forth. Bills 
pretty good long drive, seven nothing. Dolphins answer back right away. Bills answer back, and it was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be a real shootout. But that's where it kind of stopped. It was 31-14 at half for the Bills, and then the Dolphins just didn't do shit after that. It was a big response from the Bills responding to that first game of the year just not looking great out there and Allen struggling and them falling to the Jets even after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. They've won their last three in just mm-hmm. dominant fashion. They they look elite. Josh Allen, like some people were talking pretty crazy after that week one. And it was some of it was fair. He he's you know he's a little reckless with the ball from time to time. But man, when he's clicking, he's top you know top three quarterback yeah. easy he uh he's just a guy that is can be streaky but the highs are so damn high that you put up with those those weird stretches of those games like he had against the jets where he basically lost them the game with all the turnovers but when he's doing what he did this week he's maybe the front runner for the mvp right now um tua was was up there going into it cmc is balling out in san francisco but uh, Josh Allen looks pretty damn good. And to your point, the freaking Dolphins, man, down 17 going to the second half, you kept thinking, all right, we're about to see like a Tyreek bomb right here. We're about to see them do something, break one off like they can. Just nothing. Just rolled over in the second half, just took it on the chin and kept moving. Yeah, three catches, 58 yards for Tyreek. Just not not a good showing there. And on the flip side, Diggs with three touchdowns. Yeah. So Diggs had as many touchdowns as Tyreek had catches. That's just a huge response. And just just a good, you know, the Bills were kind of in a weird spot where it almost seemed like their window was closing a little bit. Their championship window was closing a little bit. And this was just a big fuck you to that. Like they busted that shit back open and said, nah, we're uh we're we're gonna win this division and and the Dolphins are good, but we're gonna we're gonna take care of this. Hundred percent. You know, Tyreek was talking about maybe getting into porn. I yeah. envisioned him being the one that was doing the fucking. Not this way. This was sad. Yeah, yeah. Stefan Diggs has a porn name, not Tyreek. <laughs> He's so. got a future in the porn industry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, another guy that could make it in the porn industry, Kirko Chains. Vikings go to Carolina and barely get by the 0-4 Panthers, 21-13. to But we fucking called it. The minus four, minus four and a half, whatever you got it at, never a doubt. Vikings cover, Vikings win to go to 1-3 and on the year. You did call that. You did call that. I was nervous. I was. You made me nervous when you said you loved that line. I said, I don't, I don't think I love it. But They trailed it, at half. So it, you were it trailed at half. But it hit. They put up two tutters in the third to handle business, shut things down in the fourth, like you knew they would. Kirby, you called it. But the Vikings defense finally showed up for the first time all season. They played pretty well. I, I'm entering slightly concerned territory for Bryce Young, but he really doesn't have much out there. He's got Adam Thielen as wide receiver one. Um, you know, Miles Sanders didn't really do anything out there. There, there's not a lot of talent on that team. It's kind of to be expected that they're going to struggle. But you'd think, you'd hope they at least that they would show up a little bit more considering they don't even get their pick 
So there's yeah. not any benefit to them losing these games. So they got to go all out. You know, when a team like, you know, like the Bears we were talking about earlier, when a game gets out of hand a little bit, you can kind of take it with a grain of salt and be like, well, we, we didn't expect to win this one anyway. Panthers yeah. don't really have that this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, going into the draft, I thought Bryce Young should be the number one overall pick. But if you look at these other rookies, man, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, like the way that they are carrying similar rosters, that's a tough look. He just, he looks small out there. He just looks like it's a little bit too fast for him right now and it'll slow down, but he doesn't look good at all. Yeah. He, he really does look small. That's that. That's a that's a added like pressure of it too, because that was kind of his big flaw coming in, was his size. But yeah, I I think, you know, the Texans roster might be kind of close, but they do have a little more talent in the wide receiver room. They got some. Yeah, young they guys. got some young studs over there. We'll get to that too. But yeah, and then with the Vikings, cool. I mean, they're one and three. They're not a good team. You barely squeak by the Panthers. Justin Jefferson's legit two touchdowns on the day. But other than that, kind of a shit game. Yeah, not not a lot to talk about there. I, I don't think they're any good. I think they're going to – they're a non-factor the rest of the season. But good for good for Kirko Bangs getting that first win, you know? Next up, we've got those aforementioned Texans and C- led by C.J. Stroud at home hung 30 on a very good Steelers defense and they get the dub 30 to six. This was another surprise game. Another game that cost me some money. I felt confident about the Steelers going in because I just felt like they had a better team, but they proved me wrong. That offense is so bad for the Steelers. Matt Canada got to go get him the fuck out of here, dude. He he's trash. But the Texans, C.J. Stroud is good. He's a good quarterback, and he's just got those boys clicking. There's a story that came out. He basically hosts a team dinner every night at his house. He has, like, personal chefs. He invites the whole team. Whoever wants to come can come. And they they eat great food hosted at his house. Like, that's a leader. That's beautiful. That is a leader, but that seems unsustainable financially. You would think you would for think. him, though. I maybe, mean, maybe the team, maybe the team's partially paying for it. I don't know, but yeah, three hundred six yards, two touchdowns for him. Nico Collins is a beast out there, hundred sixty eight yards. the The Steelers' offense is disgusting. Yeah, there's there's, there's no redeeming qualities about it. I mean, they've got young talent. You thought. But they're not performing. Don't know if it's a play calling, the atrocious offensive line. Kenny Pickett's not the guy. There's just literally not even one bright spot that you can look to. Like, hey, at least we got this. Yeah. Besides the defense. The defense is still elite, but when the offense is that bad, it it hurts everybody. Yeah. I will shout out George Pickens there, though, because he is very good. But He is, but, I mean, he's not – he's so inconsistent, and it's not his fault. I mean, Kenny Pickett's terrible, but – as yeah. a group, those receivers are talented, but they just they can't do anything. Yeah, it's a mess there. Just I think I think it really does start with the trenches there, because 
when your line's shit, yeah, you can't do anything. But the play calling definitely doesn't help. And and honestly, Kenny Pickett doesn't help. You should have known when you draft a quarterback that wears two gloves. That's crazy. Pickett, tough name. Can't have it. And by the way, I think that's Stroud's second 300-yard game of the year. That guy is balling out. Also, still hasn't done a pick. Yeah, so if you took that bet last week, sorry about that, but just roll it over to the next one because yeah. no rookie goes five games without throwing a pick. Dude, this week, that's for he sure. He is so due, like a fucking late essay, dude. Next up, Bucks at Saints. Bucks go down to Nola when 26 to 9. Absolutely rolled the Saints up. Yeah, pretty dominant performance by the Bucks. Their defense really stepped up. Baker did his thing. Three touchdowns for him. That's a great day. I just can't wrap my head around a why around why the hell Derek Carr played. He his injury was first reported as what two to three weeks, correct? Yeah, something like that. And then he suits up like it almost feels like he was playing hero ball in a way. He's like, no, no, I can go, I can go. And then he he couldn't throw the ball down the field. No. Can you read his stat line for me? I don't have it. Let me let me pull it up really quick. I think he was like twenty three for thirty six for 127 yards or something like that it was rough i mean when you're throwing the ball that many times for that few yards you're gonna have a bad time yeah that's insane you know clearly he's just checking down everything kamara had 13 catches in his return for 33 yards just insane like let's get the ball downfield and he can't he literally can't so get him out of the game and let him recover there's no way playing him helped anything. You lost the game, and he probably fucked up his shoulder a little more. Yeah, you know it's bad. And by the way, he was 23 for 37, 127 yards. No touchdowns, no picks, just check down City the yeah. entire day. But you know it's bad when you have Chris Olave, who's a top 10 receiver in the league. I mean, he's elite, truly elite. One catch for four yards on six targets. What are we doing here? Yeah, you're telling me and my fantasy team. <laughs> and the craziest part is it's not like, you know, they don't have a backup. They literally have Jameis Winston just for a scenario like this. Like, he's a serviceable quarterback. Put him out there. Let him throw the ball. You, you got down. I don't know what the thought was there. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to guarantee if, if Winston starts this game, he did get a little action. He did throw a pick. What the fuck ever, dude. If he started this game. They win. They do. I don't know if Jameis Winston ever makes up 17 points in a game. That big of a difference, but definitely a better offensive performance than this. And what's kind of funny, on the Bucks side, Baker, they're 3-1. and one. Baker is doing exactly what the Saints escape car that big contract to do. Manage the game. Don't lose it. 246 yards and three touchdowns. They'll take that all day. They don't need him to throw it deep down the field. Yeah, that's a perfect day, and you have your good possession receivers in Godwin and Evans, and that's just that's textbook. And you still have a good defense. They won the Super Bowl what two years ago, three years ago now. Something they like still that. Have, they still have pieces of that mm-hmm. on their defense and sprinkled around the roster. Still a good roster, and Baker's managing this thing, and just it's it's cool to see because you know he he's kind of been a castaway in different spots. 
the Panthers thing really flamed out. The Browns pretty much pushed him out, and for good reason at that point. But it's cool to see him kind of bounce back with the Bucks. Yeah, hundred percent. And I actually disagree. I think the Browns should have stuck with him. They had some. They had some shit going. Yeah, I think when you when you look at what Watson's delivered to this point and the amount he's getting, I would agree with you. Oh, they'd make that trade in a heartbeat. They could switch contracts. Oh, yeah. Done deal. Next up, in the told you so of the week, Commanders going to Philly, take it to overtime, and the Eagles pull it out 34-31 to to go 4-0. But, Kyle, what did you tell me last week about good and great teams? I told you great teams cover. The Eagles were not great this weekend. They let me down. However... They pulled it out. They got the win, so that was nice. But it was a miserable three hours watching them, to be honest. it was I wasn't having a good time. They looked good for spurts. They started slow. They're down at halftime. It's like, what are we doing out here? But they give up two long touchdown drives in the fourth. One at the literally the last play of regulation. They give up a touchdown. And it's just, what are we doing out here, you know? Lucky for them, the commanders kicked the extra point. They scored the touchdown to go down 31-30, and that's a go for two all day. You're, You're on the road. Nine-point nine dog on the road. Nine-point underdog. Don't win the game. Got to go for two. The defense is gassed. They were just out, you know. You got to go for it. And when they kicked the extra point, I was like, okay, that's – Eagles are going to win this game. And they did. A.J. Brown balled out. Hurts looked great. You know, Swift looks good again, but they literally gave him – like two or three touches in the second half makes no sense. Just weird stuff over there. I'm ready to admit that I'm at least a little concerned about the offensive play calling. Um, Hertz looks slightly off on some throws too, but again, he was, he was solid overall, but yeah, overall disappointing game, but I will not apologize for being four. No, we're four. No. And, and that was all, my only point is these division games. Sometimes they just get, chippy they get in the trenches and it just gets down and dirty yep. and this commander's team i mean sam howell's been bad really bad at moments this year but they got some guys that can compete and they're gonna get after it they're a tough team ron rivera any ron rivera team is gonna compete but uh i thought hurts looked better it's nice to see aj brown just fucking dominate um, yeah you've been kind of waiting for that a little bit and you're right john swift did look fast looks good I need to feed that guy they do. They do. They they got the Rams coming up next week. That'll be a fun game for sure. Yeah, and, and I agree with the whole going for two there. Obviously, you go for two. Go win the game. Every time. If you're a dog on the road, especially that that heavy of an underdog, you got to go try and win the game because eventually the clock strikes midnight, Cinderella turns into a pumpkin or however it goes. Well, now the commanders are two and two, third place in the division. You had a real chance to to be tied for first right there. Yeah. If you can get two yards or four yards, whatever the hell it is, you're tied for first in the division. Yeah. Two yards away from first in the division, and you had the defense on the ropes, long drive, you score the last play of regulation, and you kick the extra point to tie it. That's Yeah. That's bad. Well, it could be worse. He said good teams win, great teams cover. 
what do you call a team that does neither and goes on the road Raiders to LA, wherever they're at chargers went 24 17 and I am sad. At least they played Aiden O'Connell like you asked for. I did, but it didn't go that well. It was fun though. I'll give him that. He he was a trooper. Also, it's ridiculous that he's wearing number four. He looks too much like Carr back there to look like number four. Yeah, especially fumbling it so much. Yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> just tough. Josh McDaniels is is really bad. And I'm sorry you have to go through that. I hate him. I fucking want him out now, but I've been reading like they're going to give him three years. I don't understand why you had the whole field goal fiasco two weeks ago. And then this week they go down. They're getting blown out, getting fucking wiped out. They go down. Aiden O'Connell's putting together a nice drive. Josh Jacobs is looking good. And you have a chance to go score it with like two minutes left. First and goal at the five. And you throw not to Devontae Adams, you use Devontae Adams as like a decoy, a little rub route, and try and force it to Jacoby Myers. It gets picked. They lose the game. It fucking sucks to be a Raider fan, bro. It's been a tough 20 years, I can tell you that much. Yeah, that that was brutal. And then your coach proceeded to go into the post-game interview and throw Aiden O'Connell under the bus, essentially. He shit on him. That, yeah. You have to take care of the ball in this league blah 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 fuck that dude takes a little ownership that's that's all you have to do in that situation and and you don't that's crazy yeah and you need to protect your quarterback you need to figure out an offense that can protect your quarterback because there were some moments where he was holding on too long or, or maybe stepping into pressure when he could have avoided it but ultimately he didn't have a chance they did not put him in a position to win they never do they never put anybody in a fucking position to win <laughs> <laughs> it's McDaniels and ultimately it's fucking Mark Davis. Dude. <laughs> the guy has no business owning an NFL team. And listen, I am a Chico State Wildcat, loud and proud, baby. Rawr. Love Chico State. When you're the son of an NFL owner and you end up at Chico State, that means you're a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> like you're not at Stanford or Cal, you're at Chico State. You should not be running the team. Hire somebody to run the team for you. Just enjoy being rich. Sit in your little yeah. box, watch the game, hire someone to take care of the team. It'll be a lot more fun for you, I promise. That's some great advice. I really hope he hears this because he, he could learn a thing or two from that. I guess that's why they brought Brady on board, though. Hopefully Brady can run the team at some point and, and Davis will just... I would love that. Yeah. It had to hurt to see old friend Khalil Mack rack up not one not oh, two yeah. not three not four or five even but six sacks yeah i don't i'm speechless dude i mean listen i loved Khalil mac when he got traded that was a tough day <sighs> there's not much else to say about it go for him He's not even good anymore and <laughs> he just fucking dominated he's not he, that's the thing is he hasn't been very good but he had six sacks. I'm sorry, friend. Let's let's move on. The Raiders could cure anyone's old age. Fucking, you play the Raiders, you're gonna have a good day. All right. Next up, we got the Cardinals going to Santa Clara. Put up a fight. They were scrappy till the end, but they did lose 35 to 16, and they covered. 
The 49ers covered the 14 as you said they would. Yeah, Cardinals hung around, which was kind of surprising. I, I you know, the Niners are very clearly the better team. They uh they dominated that fourth quarter to really put it away. But yeah, Cardinals made it made things interesting, cut it to a five point game there in the third. Uh going into the fourth, it was 21-16. But yeah, Christian McCaffrey just is the man. Four touchdowns on the day, ridiculous stat line. Brock Purdy did his thing. But you know, the, the Niners really haven't played too much competition to this point. Rams being their toughest op- opponent. Really excited to see them against the Cowboys mm-hmm. uh, next week, next Sunday night. But, you know, you can only play what's on the schedule. The sa- I could say the same about my team. The Eagles haven't played too much other than the Bucks, And I guess you could maybe say Washington. But, you know, they're, they're handling business. They look strong. And, you know, things are going to things are going to be very interesting with them host or I think they host, I think it's in uh, San Francisco for the Cowboys game next week. Yeah. That's a huge matchup. That's going to be a lot of fun. I didn't know it was Sunday night. That's awesome. Finally, we get a fucking primetime game that will hopefully yeah. live up to the hype, but yeah, they looked amazing. I mean, like you said, it was 21 16 in the third good for the Cardinals, but it felt like the Niners weren't, worried one bit i mean there was it didn't it never felt like it was a five-point game because you knew that they were just gonna let chris mccaffrey run down the field score another touchdown and then they would really turn it up when they had to and they did and they ended up winning by 19 and speaking yeah. of chris mccaffrey i mean we talked about josh allen earlier to uh, uh you know we'll get to mahomes in a little bit those guys right now if i had a vote cmc is my mvp like hands down no questions asked yeah, his the stats he's putting up are ridiculous right now. The the fact that there's like there's a couple quarterbacks in the conversation, the fact that there's not one set one that it's like no it, it should it could be this guy kind of speaks to the point of it being Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Him him being MVP with them is what's allowing Brock Purdy to just be kind of himself over there too and not have to do anything extraordinary over there. So that's you know that's the other part of once they see kind of some talent that's at least somewhat near their level it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what what the team looks like at that point yeah that should be a fun one no doubt on the cardinal side i mean shout out josh dobbs the guys playing better than anyone could have imagined i think but um just overmatched today not much you can do in that game yeah josh dobbs is a real one kind of holding holding things together over there cardinals have been much more competitive competitive than I expected them to be. So we'll give him a little carrot for that for sure. Did you, did you see that video of him going to the pro shop at the Cardinal Stadium? I didn't. He uh, wanted to get a jersey for like one of his friends or family member or something. And they have like a screen on the wall like so you can go and like make your own jersey. And you can pick like completely customize your jersey or pick someone off the roster. You can get anyone off the roster. So he goes to the roster He's not even on there. No way. Yeah. He's like, man, I know I just got here, but damn, you think I could get my own jersey? Pretty sure I'm going to be starting. Like, can we, <laughs> can we get this going? That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But I think, he, they have, I think they have it in there now, though. They probably fix it now. All right. Next up, we got the Patriots going to Dallas, losing 38 to three to the Cowboys. 
Just so shit pumping. Worst loss in Belichick's career. Cowboys are significantly better. We expected them to bounce back, and they did in a big way. And like we talked about last week, too, you can't trust a guy who whose middle name is McCorkle. That's insane. He's not he he doesn't belong in the uh he doesn't belong as a starting quarterback. He no. could maybe be a serviceable serviceable backup somewhere, but man, he doesn't have it. That offense is really sad. The defense will still be decent at points, but you know, they never really stood a chance. They the Cowboys are just so much better than the Patriots. Yeah, there's not that much to say about the actual game here. So I'll ask you this. There's kind of two stories here. The Cowboys, we've seen them do this twice now, and then in between get beat by the Cardinals. And, it, you know, they've had these games where they almost don't even have to try on offense. They don't really have to to show who they are because they get out to these crazy leads by a combination of things, special teams, defense, playing a huge part in it. Are they this good? Or are they just running into teams that are that bad? It's probably somewhere in the middle, because that ro- that roster is so talented. I'm I think on any given game they could have a performance like this. And if yeah. if they play, if that defense is clicking like that, like next Sunday, for example, if they're clicking like that, are they going to beat the? Niners 38-3? No, no, no chance. No. But if they're clicking like that, they could beat them by 10 points. You know, they could beat I just them. really want to see a game where I mean that's why I'm asking. Like maybe we saw it last week when they lost the Cardinals, but a game where Dak has to do something, where the pressure's on him and he has to move the ball. And you saw a lot of frustration in that game between him and CeeDee Lamb. And I'm sure Tony Pollard was getting irritated and all those guys that we want the ball. And when it's a game like that where the pressure's on and your back's against the wall, I don't know if Dak can do it. But these games, they look great. Yeah, that's no doubt the concern there because, yeah, you know, last week against the Cardinals, realistically the only game that they've um, needed him to come up, and that was a winnable game still. You know, mm-hmm. they were playing bad, obviously, but they had chances and he couldn't deliver. And that is definitely concerning, especially – when you think that the Cardinals aren't really a good team and he wasn't able to pull it through there. So what's going to happen when they need him to do that against an actual good team? It could be real bad. It could be bad. And then on the flip side, the Patriots, I mean, we've never seen them this bad. Bill Belichick's getting old. They don't have like the future. Like you said, Mac Jones is not the guy. They don't have the guy on the roster that's going to carry them to that next you know, elite era. Is this it? I think it might be. The Patriots are in a spot where they really should look at tanking, especially in that division. You got the Bills, the Dolphins, you know, they're really quick. I think Bill Belichick would rather kill himself than tank. That's what I was going to get at too. They should tank and there's no way they will. And they're going to win six or seven games because of that. And then they're going to be stuck in this middle spot still and not really have, not have any super positive outlook. So I don't know. I don't know what Belichick's move is going to be. I can't imagine him going out like this, but like you said, he's, he's getting old. He's got to be in his, he's got to be in early seventies. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we'll see how that unfolds this year. Okay, and then the last one of the week is our Sunday night football game. Chiefs going to MetLife, win 23-20 to over the Jets. Actually, pretty shocking score. Uh, Zach Wilson, the MILF hunter, decent night, respectable. That man saw Donna Kelsey up in up in the box and said, <laughs> I'm going to put on for my fucking city. But for real, he played he played really well. By far his best game as a pro. He was he kept them in that thing. He had the one fumble, kind of a tough play. It was, you know, you know, hundred percent on him, but his lone mistake. They were down 17-0 after the first quarter and they didn't they didn't let up. They played well. He he kept him in it. He was making some throws. Honestly, outplayed Mahomes. Um, and the Chiefs had to had to get a couple favorable calls late to really dial it in. That holding call on Sauce Gardner was brutal. No business being called. I don't know if you saw the video, but the the ref like the ball was literally intercepted. The Jets had the ball. And then he threw the flag for the holding, and it was very shady looking. I did see that. I always like try and put myself in the ref spot in that hand. Like, I know that sometimes they will grab their flag, and then other shit's happening that they're trying, and then yeah. they throw it. Tough yeah. look though. <laughs> there was multiple calls. It, that yeah, never tough. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't think it was. Uh, it was. I don't think the fix was in by any means, but it just was a. A very tough look for the for Jets fans to see yeah. that play out. Well, people are big mad because like the NFL Instagram account is like talking about Taylor Swift, and it's like, yeah. Man. but uh, yeah, I mean, hey, the Jets are only one and three. It's not the end of the world if Zach Wilson could be that guy every week. They can make the playoffs, and then who knows? I mean, that defense still is elite. They got playmakers. They got Aaron Rodgers at the game this week. Did you see that? He's walking yeah. with his crutches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, goddamn, that would be a fucking Disney movie. That would be Disney a probably story. wouldn't pick it up because I don't think they fuck with Aaron Rodgers like that. Yeah, no way. It would be it'd be really through like Joe Rogan would release it through something. <laughs> yeah. But uh that ended up being a fun game. It looked from the beginning like it was gonna be just the shit pumping. So at least it was something you could watch to the end and, and not wanna fall asleep on the couch. Yeah, it definitely started as as that type of game, and you know the Jets defense kept them in it, and Zach Wilson made some plays, and yeah, it was it was a definitely encouraging game between them and the Colts. You know, that's two two losses that you can kind of hang your hat on and say, "Nah, we'll be we're gonna be all right." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can bounce back from that one. All right, that wraps up week four. Kind of a weird week. What do you think about that week? Yeah, definitely a strange one, you know, trying to still get things figured out, get things dialed in so we can mm-hmm. really start making some money. But, you know, it it was, it was an interesting one, interesting one and a lot to learn from it for sure. A lot of moving and shaking. This is where we really figure out who's who in the NFL. Heading into week five, we won't talk before this game, so let's cover it now. Thursday night football, it's a fucking doozy. We got the Chicago Bears at one and three. No, zero oh and four. They didn't win that game oh, against the Broncos. Oh and four, going against the two and two Commanders in Maryland at the Commanders. They are minus seven with an over under of forty four and a half. 
I think the commanders cover this quite easily. I think they come off of that tough loss to the Eagles and you get a quick turnaround and you're at home. The Bears on the flip side have a quick turnaround from a very disappointing ending of a game. And I think it's just a spot for where the Bears offense looks like shit again. That commander's defensive line is very good. Bet the over on sacks and (laughs) commanders are going to win this thing, you know, probably maybe by like 20. I don't, I don't think it's going to be necessarily close. Yeah. I think the commanders cover easy as well. I do think the bears maybe found a little something in their offense and it might be, they asked Chase Claypool to just stay home. Did you see that? So he's not reporting. Maybe that's what it was, but they, they maybe found a little spark. It's not going to be enough. I don't think they're not going to go on some fucking winning streak. This, this season's, in the books for them, they're already looking forward to those two draft picks. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't think minus they, seven. Yeah, I don't think they want to go on a win streak. No. Anyway, so yeah, commander commanders minus seven is a that's the the stone cold stone cold lock of the podcast right here. Okay, let's go. Put your fucking mortgage on it. <laughs> that wraps up the football talk for the week. Before I let you go, before we say goodnight, let's cover some MLB playoffs. They are starting tomorrow. It's that time of year. Spooky season. I might have already said that. Let's get into it. Let's do it, man. It's a lovely time. The schedule tomorrow is just beautiful for 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 viewers. So we have four wild card games going tomorrow. So how how the playoffs work since they expanded is they are up to there's three wild cards in in the American League and three in the National League, uh, along with the three division winners. So it's twelve teams total. The the um, wild cards will play as well as the lowest seeded division winner. So tomorrow we have Texas at Tampa Bay, first pitch at noon. Followed by another game starting at 1.30, Toronto at Minnesota. So those two games will be going simultaneously. Then you'll get a third game starting off at 4 with Arizona at Milwaukee. And then at 5, you got Miami at Philadelphia. So it's just a lovely stretch of games there. You know, get the, these series are best two out of three. So it's just electric to watch. It's, you know, must-win games, really intense and winners move on. the The winners move on, and will face um, will face the teams waiting for them starting Friday. Yeah, no, it should be great. I mean, Dodgers got a first round bye. Love to see that. We're both Dodgers fans, as noted. I'm looking forward to it. I think we should go through each of these first series, pick some winners. You down with that? I like it. I like it. As you mentioned, these are three-game series, so anything can happen. I mean, you get two phenomenal starts from a couple of your guys, and you could win a couple games, one nothing even, and you're going on to the next round. So a beautiful time of the year. you got football going on, and as we mentioned before, these MLB playoffs, always exciting, always a good time. All right, first up, Rays versus Rangers. The Rays are the favorites here at minus one fifty four. I like the I like the Rays a lot here. The Rangers are in a really tough spot 
going in the last day of the season, they were in first place, win, and you got the, you you are in with a bye, feeling good, and they lose. Astros win. Astros win the division, get the first round bye, and now the Rangers are stuck on the road in Tampa Bay, playing a two out of three series. Just really tough to bounce back from that, and the the Rays knew they were going to be in the spot. The Rangers didn't. So the Rays got things lined up. I really like the Rays probably to just win the win win it in two games, to be honest. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, Rangers have had some injuries this year. They were rolling at one point, and they kind of fell off a cliff for a little bit. Lucky to make the playoffs, but like you said, going into the last day, they were the two seed with a bye, and then they blew it. Astros took it. Did you see that clip? Uh, what's his fucking face for the, for the Bregman. Astros? Bregman. Fuck that guy. Fuck him. I hate the Astros. That's a lot of MLB fans do, especially Dodger fans. But when he said, <laughs> you know, they were saying, what's it going to look like with the Astros not winning the division? Guess we'll never know. And then pop the bottle of champagne. That, yeah, that's that, that was tough. That was a that's baller tough. moment. That's the that's the that's start of the championship DVD type moment. That was pretty sick. Like, I uh, hated to see uh, it. But uh, damn, that kind of got me going. You know, it's MLB playoffs, cool. baby. It was cool. It was cool. Honestly, Bregman's one of the cool ones, even through the whole thing. He he's been semi cool. The rest of them fucking suck. Yeah, I feel that. So I think Rays Rays are gonna win too. I mean, they're just always good. They always have talent. Unexpected guys stepping up in in big moments for them. So. I don't think there's going to be a trouble for them. I think they went in two as well. Then we got the Twins versus Blue Jays. Blue Jays are favored here, but not by much. They're minus 114 versus minus 105 for the Twins. Oh, I is that just for tomorrow or for the series? That's for the series. Oh, I would hammer that Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Minus 114. Oh, yeah. They have significantly more talent than Minnesota. Sim- similarly... You know, Minnesota's at home, so that's a big plus for them. But both these teams knew this was going to be the spot. So both teams are able to set up their pitchers. So, and I I just think that, you know, Toronto's a little better there. They have Gausman going against Pablo Lopez, who's good as well. Uh, But that that, uh, Blue Jays roster is so good. And I I like them a lot there. I think what what we're seeing here is, you're seeing a team that's a division winner versus a Blue Jays team who was third in the division. So it's like, oh, well, division winner. Yeah. I mean, the Blue Jays are favored, but like I said, not by really enough. Coming out of the AL East, I mean, that division is, is completely stacked, to be honest. The Yankees yeah. finished in fourth in there is insane. Versus the Twins, who go win their division, but they're not playing the same kind of talent like on a nightly basis as those AL East guys. I think the Blue Jays are ready. I think they take care of business pretty easy here, too. Yeah, I agree. Then we got Phillies versus Marlins. Phillies are minus 200. And I would take it. Yeah, I think the Phillies handle this pretty easily. You know, they got their guys set up. They have Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola on the mound. Pretty good. Pretty good for a best two out of three. I, I like their their chances here. They're hosting a division rival who they finished ahead of. So I think I think they can handle that here. 
But my, you know, Miami had a good run and they definitely overperformed. And their guy pitching game one, Jesus Lizardo, is so so good. And if they still game one, then who knows? But that Phillies offense is just too good. I think I think they take care of it. Yeah, I agree. They got they got the big boppers over there at Philly. Marlins scrappy team. You know the GM is Kim Ng. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, hell of a year. Go for them. They made all the right moves. Made some trades that paid off big. They got to be stoked with this, but they're probably going to run into a fucking wall right here, and the Phillies probably win that in two. But they can't all win in two, so we got to pick an upset here, man. I know. The it's last fun. one, Brewers versus Diamondbacks. And maybe, you know, Brewers are minus 190 here, so they're pretty heavy favorites, but maybe this is where kind of the iron sharpens iron concept comes back. Where the Diamondbacks are in a tough division where the Dodgers just don't lose the division very often over the last decade. So maybe they're a little bit better than people think they are, and they just have to compete with the juggernaut in the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they'll come out and show us something. Yeah, I like this as the up- upset spot too. The They have – he's not pitching until game two, but Zach Gallen is very, very good. And then if they get to game three, they have Merrill, Merrill Kelly. So – if they can just not get blown out game one, not blow through the bullpen, keep things close, even if they lose game one, I think they could win games two and three. So, you know, that might be one to sprinkle on. What What's Arizona at? Milwaukee's plus, uh, minus 190? Yeah, Arizona's plus 160. So $100 bet, win you 160. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So I think that could be the upset spot. I think the rest is pretty chalk just because of the talent discrepancy. But Arizona started so hot this year, came back down to earth, but they're a young, really fun group. They're their group, you know, kind of like when the Padres started out, whereas like with Tatis and stuff, it was like, damn, this team's fun. Like, and then they quickly became hateable. I really hope that doesn't happen with Arizona. I hope they can just be be a cool team for a while. Yeah, they got some young studs. Corbin Carroll's up there for Rookie of the Year, Kettle Marte. The problem is, you said, you know, hopefully they don't get blown out game one. Did you see the guy they're running out for game one? Yeah, Corbin Burns. Fi- no, 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 the Diamondbacks. Oh, oh. He's got a 5.72 ERA. He was 3-9 and nine on the year. His name is I Brandon. I don't know how to pronounce it. Fat? It's P-F-A-A. DT fat that's a tough name as in like fat pitches he's gonna be serving up huh feels like they're gonna take a fat L in that first game yeah that might be a fat L game one but like I said even if they lose game one I like them about you know maybe what we do is we wait for them to lose game one and then we bet them I actually love that and I actually like the way that they're setting this up because the Brewers do have Corbin Burns going game one so why the fuck not though someone out there that you're probably going to yeah. lose that game anyways. There's nothing worse when your team is in the playoffs and your ace goes against their ace and you lose like one nothing, and then you don't have that guy for three or four days. Yeah. And you feel yeah. like it's a complete wasted effort. You wasted your ace, and now you're just completely behind. It feels like you're losing two games at that point. Yeah, especially as the underdog and, like we said, a young team, first playoff experience, you know, see what you can do that first game. And may, what if what if Burns serves up from fat pitches and you take a fat dub, you know? Then <laughs> yeah, burning them up. 
All right, enough about these clowns. The real playoffs don't start till the fucking divisional series with the Dodgers. Dodgers. All right, folks. That'll do it for this week. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you at the water cooler. Cheers. Steady. If you wanna live it, place it in your mind. Everything could change in just one night. There we go again, talking real heavy. Listen up, world, I think I'm talking pretty steady. If you wanna live it, place it in your mind. Everything could change in just one night.